0: Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Uh, Doing great. It's great that we can record holding hands. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Just normally have to send you a picture of my hand, <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> underneath a cat or something like that, yeah, Peter's here with me. I think patrons have known that we've been doing events and peter, you're staying with me for a couple of nights, yeah,
1: well, we had a good weekend at
0: uh, tabletop gaming Live at Alipali, doing a couple of Arkham events, mm yeah, yeah, so we did Labyrinths of Lunacy on the Saturday, which is great to revisit labyrinths. It feels like an yeah. kind of old favorite for the conventions and then we did the depths of yoth how low can you go challenge on the Sunday, which was great. We ended up with three separate teams. Yeah, we did, yeah. And we we both got to play.
1: Which was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I got to play in the labyrinths as well, which is always good fun.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you got you got quite a lot of playing. So yeah, so listener, we wanted to do a kind of deluxe unboxing for the Dream Eaters, but This box feels like it's taking everything we expected about how the cards are going to be ordered and throwing it out the window a little bit. I mean, even just before we recorded, looking at how many cards for each faction are weaknesses or enemies, I think there's quite a few. Yeah. So rather than doing what we've done in the past, we thought we'd do a wider ranging discussion, letting our interests guide us where we want to go, letting our experiences at the weekend as well inform what we want to talk about, and... Maybe then touching on in more detail Bonded, Myriad, The New Weaknesses, all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, well, crucially, we got a chance to play some of the New Investigators over the weekend Mm, and see some of them get played as well. Should we go through first what we did at the weekend in terms of the new decks and New Investigators? Yeah, let's do that. So I played Mandy Thompson, not Wendy or (laughs) Wandy. (laughs) Every time I've told Frank the name, I've got it wrong. (laughs) So I I built a Mandy Thompson deck with a Survivor Splash for Mm. the Labyrinths. Then I built a Patrice deck I was going to use in the depths of Yoth, but actually one of our players ended up using that, Mm. which was on the table you were playing in. So you you got
0: to see Patrice being used. Yeah, and he was a newish player. So that was quite nice because then we actually talked about quite a lot of the concepts. You sat down with him and showed him the deck. Yes. And then I was on the table playing with him. I apologise to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think it's a simple deck until you start saying, <laughs> yeah. well, there's, there's six or seven key concepts you need to get your head around here. <laughs> and then I'd also built a Tony deck just to kind of take Tony for a whirl. What I'd actually done is built a Tony a rogue survivor deck. Yes, of course. On the yeah. Saturday. And then when you told me to bring Patrice, I then... Strip the survivor part out of the deck, put in the guardian part, which was a really fun thing to do. Trying out the whole thing about off classes. Yes. So let's talk about Mandy first. Well, just to add before we move on, I played oh, the yeah, Tony. Oh no, yeah, you played that uh, as yeah. well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we we both played Tony. Yeah. So probably the least revolutionary of the new investigators. We both played him. Yeah. Uh, we got good experience of playing him.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about Mandy first then. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm, I'm pausing now because I mean he is fairly revolutionary in in deck building style. Okay. He's not like a. Have Tommy. I touched a? No, no, no. No, you haven't touched a nerve. <laughs> Definitely not. But I think we both thought that he played in a fairly direct, straightforward way. But but in terms of, like, oh,
1: we got, should we talk? Should we just talk about Tony? Yeah. Let's talk about okay. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Tony. He okay. does. You're right. And yeah. actually, the the Guardian cards you added, he really it really gave him a combat feel. Mm. So. For better or for worse, in Depths of Yoth, I was really good at fighting, not good at much else, mm-hmm. aside from having lots of actions. Yeah. And there's almost like, and we both said this afterwards, it's like a mini-game mm. of moving those tokens around.
0: Let's let's describe that in four Yeah, okay, of let's do it, yeah, yeah. So Tony Morgan is the bounty hunter. He's got two willpower and two agility, so he's not defensive. And then he's got three intellect, which we both agreed is actually pretty decent, Yeah, if you're at a one or a two shroud location, you know, or someone's got some icons, you can find a clue or two. Yep. And then five combat is the exciting thing. So he's our first rogue with five combat. You may take an additional action during your turn, which can only be used to engage or fight an enemy with one or more bounties on it. And his Elder Sign effect is plus two, place one bounty on bounty contracts. So none of that really makes any sense unless you've seen bounty contracts. Yeah,
1: well, I'll be this. Okay, so this is a permanent, it's an asset... Uh Tony Morgan Daconi uses uses six Use, bounties. Uses. <laughs> uh reaction. After an enemy enters play, move one to three bounties from bounty contracts to that enemy to a maximum of that enemy's health. Forced, after you defeat an enemy with one or more bounties on it, move its bounties to your resource pool as resources.
0: So an enemy comes into play, you choose if you want to put any bounties on it. The most you can put is three. Yes. And they need to have at least three health to do that. And then if you kill that enemy, you get his resources. Yes. So yeah. so, so at
1: the most basic the most basic, Tony has six bonus resources he can get mm-hmm. across the first however many turns of the game. Yeah. So
0: he's got sort of two more emergency caches in his deck. Yes. It's like a basic way of viewing it. He's got six yeah. extra resources to gain somehow.
1: With the added bonus that he can engage or fight a bountied enemy, as long as it's got a bounty on it.
0: Yeah. So immediately there's this decision to be made. Do you pile up bounties on a couple of enemies early on to generate lots of resources quickly? You know, you see a three-health enemy, put three bounties on it, kill it and get three resources. Or, to make the most of his ability to get the additional actions, do you put out little individual bounties on small things and you don't make the resources as quickly but you do get more actions. So, like, the tension there is, do you want big packets of resources quickly, or do you want lots of extra actions by putting out little bounties?
1: Yes. So, can we talk about his... You can? Yes, please do. I'll... Okay, I will. Frank was already digging the card out as I started talking there. Okay, so his signature is, and he has two exactly the same, uh, it's a three-cost asset, Tony's 38 Long Cult, uh, it's got a combat, intellect, and a wild pip. And it has item, weapon, firearm traits. Tony Morgan deck only uses three ammo. Reaction, after you play Tony's uh, 38 long cult, play another Tony's 38 long cult from your hand at no cost. Action, spend one ammo, fight. You get plus one combat for each bounty on the attacked enemy. This attack deals plus one damage. If this attack defeats an enemy with one or more bounties on it, place one bounty counter or... Uh, on bounty contracts, and it's a hand slot. Mm. This lets you—you you get the bounty back effectively, so you still get the resource, but it, it puts the token back on the contracts. Mm. So it's not a way for more contracts
0: to enter the game. No, it just cycles your existing contracts. Yes, you still get the resources for the first contracts, but you then put some back, which is nice. So there's sort of three separate things in that fight action, isn't there? There's one thing which is just fight and you get an extra damage. Yes. So you could just play this and shoot three enemies and do six damage. Yes. But if you put bounties on those enemies, you also get a combat boost.
1: Yes. And
0: if you're killing bountied enemies, you manage to get bounties back, which is really nice. So it reminds me a little bit of Joe's Twin 45s, where if you kill an enemy, you get to put a hunch back in your hunch deck. Yeah. This is sort of slightly similar if you kill a bountied enemy you get more bounties in that way.
1: So so in a way there's a lot going on with Tony that he's in his deck he's only got two weapons and they have they only have three shots on each. Mm. So although the ability encourages you to put them both into the play at once you don't necessarily want to do that because you, I would say you might want another weapon mm. to be killing non bounty enemies. Yeah. Or softening up non bounty enemies before
0: you finish them off with the long cult. Yeah. And I even heard you mention yesterday that with Combat of Five, you could maybe just punch an enemy for the first point of damage, yeah, and then shoot it with the Colt. Exactly, yeah, sort of like rough and tumble rogue style. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But obviously, if you if you encounter a big enemy, you you want the combat boost
0: as well. Mm. And we weirdly, we had exactly the same thing happen to us in Depths of Yoth on separate tables playing the Tony deck, that pretty much the first enemy was the serpent from Yoth. Yes, yeah, and it was, it's a three-five-three. Yeah. Three, and we both went, We'll put three bounties on it, because then you get you're fighting at an eight against it, which yeah. is kinda of great. You get plus three combat. I like the idea of the ability to be able to play the other one at no cost. And maybe if you're leaning into Guardian and play prepared for the worst, you can make sure you have them ready to do that. But that feels to me like a nice-to-have rather than you must do that to make it it worthwhile. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think the mistake I made was I saw the the, the Serpent from Yoth and thought, this is a scary enemy with lots of health and I really want to kill it. I'll put lots of bounties on it. And what I didn't think about, because there's enemies with quite high fight in that scenario. Yeah. What I didn't think about was whether I needed the money, whether I needed the combat boost. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot to think about in terms of putting the bounties on the enemies. You also don't want to burn out. Yeah. Because you've only got six bullets across those two guns. Mm. So that's 12 damage. And you can only get the bounty token back if you kill it using the long cold.
0: And so you you want it to be the 12 last damage. So if you're killing six enemies with six bullets any extra damage on those enemies if they're three or four health enemies needs to come from elsewhere. Let's flip Tony over because this is where I think he kind of gets interesting and none of this really matters in the scenarios you're playing. So he's got a deck size of 30, normal. You get to pick a secondary class though. So when you create the deck, you choose Guardian, Seeker or Survivor. Or the night before you take it to an event, <laughs> you change what your secondary class choice was. And then he's Rogue 0-5, to five, Neutral 0-5, to five. Up to ten level zero to one events and or skills of your chosen secondary class he's so he reminds me of Dunwich a little bit that he's got a sort of a pretty small off class, but it's much more generous than Dunwich, but it's all focused on one class of this choice of three and it's only events or skills, yeah yeah, so you're never gonna have a beat cop down with him or you know a bandolier or things like that if you go guardian, it's always gonna be. Rogue assets in play. Yes. Rogue weapons as well. If you're getting Weapons, yes. which yes. I think is quite nice. It's a nice way of restricting him. You're not just running with the machete or something like that.
1: So but yeah. the way I, you went with it, I think, is is a good way to do it. It focuses him a lot on fighting. Mm-hmm. You picked some vicious blows. Yeah. Some extra ammunition. Yep. uh Prepared for the worst. Mm-hmm. What else? There was it Delay of the Inevitable in there as well?
0: There was a Delay of the Inevitable as the 10th choice. Oh, to right. take the initiative. Yes, that's to right. To shore up his which, which, which defensive works well. stance. Yep.
1: But I definitely think some of those cards which interact with firearms are good. I, I would almost be tempted by Well-Maintained. Yeah. I think yep. that would be really good. That would help sort of ease the, the, the sense of you burning out by giving you more long colts. Especially mm. if you can use uh, the extra ammunition on them
0: or something like uh, reliable on them as well yeah absolutely i in my survivor version i spent quite a long time looking at act of desperation as a way of throwing a long call to get it in the bin right to cycle it back through your deck okay and thinking well what do the survivors give me as a way of maybe if you're using other things to and more weapons in your hands to push them into your bin you can get them again i think it's really the guardian access that will get him his long colts quickly maybe a no stone unturned in seeker yeah potentially i don't like the funny thing is i don't think he necessarily needs the long colts to be fully functional but they are just a really nice thing to have to keep to make more money out of the bounties yeah and that's yeah this all loops back around exactly to you say about the mini game of what are you doing with bounties how are you conserving ammo so two things, Yeah, we both had
1: situations where early on we went from not having much money mm-hmm. to having a lot of money in yep. a short space of time Yeah, using Watch This. Yeah, I, I did Watch This and killed a bounty enemy, so I got a load of money. I got seven or eight resources of a single action and killed an enemy with it as well. Also, I had a good situation later on where I drew an Elder Sign as I killed an enemy with the cult as well. So I went from having no bounties or having used my last bounty to having two, two bounties. bounties back yeah. on
0: it. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And it,
1: obviously it paid me money
0: back yeah. to do that. So at Root, you're getting six resources from bounty contracts. But actually, if you can draw more Elder Signs or kill some of those bounties, you can sustain the bounties for a lot longer. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah that will be really fun to see how that develops and what what people will get out of that. Yes. And I think he could be quite good solo. Doesn't like have exciting stats in terms of getting clues but you can pay for clues you can get clues from killing enemies if you go the guardian route you've got clue tricks in survivor yeah you could go seeker and add in some movement and and working a hunch to buy clues as well yeah potentially and and
1: we both felt he had a lot of actions yes and he benefits from some of the survive the succeed by two effects because Mm. he's got such a high primary stat
0: yes yeah yeah, He can
1: just chuck a quick thinking into a check and away he goes.
0: Yeah. A, a lot of the time... If you're shooting I had... a bounty enemy and you're, you've you already got the combat boost, you're already at six, a quick thinking makes you at seven, you yeah. kind of don't need to chuck anything else yeah, in. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. I had There was lots of turns where I had five actions. Yes, yeah. We both played Marvel Champions earlier on in the day, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a topic for another discussion. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this episode will go very long. <laughs> once, yeah. you, once you start talking about that. But briefly, you played as Black Panther, I played as as Iron Man. Mm. They both have mechanics where you're building. You almost got a mini game amongst the cards you control. Mm. So Tony's trying to build up his suit of armor before he does anything, and T'Challa's trying to build up his his abilities as the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. it almost
0: works out as they're all upgrades. It works out as his suit, his claws, his yeah, his tactical genius. (laughs) It goes in his head. (laughs) He builds up his brain chip. But But, in a similar way, it felt like
1: you were it was almost a mini game amongst your cards. Mm. That's a little bit how Tony felt to me,
0: yeah, and admittedly, we've only played one scenario, and it's a scenario that maybe doesn't necessarily suit Tony's strengths because Tony wants to get in, kill the bounties yeah. and finish the an endurance, and deaths off just keeps yeah. going, so yeah. In terms of the rogue, should we go on to rogue cards while we're at, while we're there? Well let's have I don't a... have too much to say about some of them. Well let's let's skip straight over these ones, because we didn't use those over the weekend. These ones being the crystallizer of dreams and guardian of the crystallizer. All I can say is that this might be nice for Tony because it gives him another enemy to kill. Particularly if you want to run, if it bleeds, that was another Guardian Card. O-re. Oh yes, yeah, and the I used killing that. Killing yeah. monsters and healing horror because he is a nine-five nine, five, nine yeah. health five sanity. But crystallizer of dreams. I mean, if you're running a lot of events, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, I think
1: we'll, we can come back to that once we've yeah, got a chance to play this. Exactly. With
0: it. But I did put into the deck
1: Easy Mark. We, we sat for about 20 minutes last night talking about Easy Mark, didn't we?
0: I should have just hit record. Yeah, and then, <laughs> it was you know,
1: golden chat that was.
0: That the, the ongoing discussion topics over the weekend have been the value of cancellation and yes. is Myriad any good? Yes. And we're going to talk about both of those things in this episode. Strap yeah. yourselves in. <laughs> we're such party animals, as <laughs> We've you got can see. We've got a whole weekend Columbus, over a, over <laughs> to a get pint. out. <laughs> so is water protection any good? Yeah. If you're laughing at this list and thinking we're joking, we're not joking. No, okay. entirely. <laughs> are you reading this? I think you are. Also, sorry, Tony's Quarry... It came up for both of us, but in Depths of Yoth, it gets pushed into the pursuit That's area. Right. yeah, yeah. So he's like, I think my quarry's on the third floor. And then you go down to the fourth floor and leave the quarry behind. Yeah, and so- it's just, just running. It's there,
1: like, kind of, what noise? What's the noise he uses? The word he uses to describe how they move in uh, in Innsmouth? Something like, flolloping or something like that. <laughs> Squelching. Squelching, yeah. yeah. Squelching after you. Uh, Okay, right, Easy Mark, this is a zero-cost event, one experience, with intellect and agility icons. Mm -hmm. It is a trick and myriad, which means you can add all three Easy Marks to your deck for one experience. Yep. Gain two resources and draw one card. Reaction, after you play Easy Mark, play another Easy Mark from your hand at no cost.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like it it costs a third of an XP. Yes, Except it doesn't. If you only get one, it still costs one, or it costs half an XP if you get two. It's weird. If you buy all three, you're sort of you're like dropping the XP cost. So So, the first question with this is you're paying a card to get a card and two resources. So essentially, you're just getting two resources. Yeah. You could be doing that anyway with say Dario Elamine. Yep. Action, two two resources, and I was. Vaguely trying to make a point yesterday evening that, or thinking about a point, that is there any inherent value in cycling through your hand? So, if you have one of these in your hand and you're finding something else in your deck, is that a good thing? So, a a comparative example I would say is the neutral skill cards from the core set. Yeah. When you commit a perception for plus two and you get to draw a card for succeeding. People don't say, oh, but wouldn't you have rather kept the perception in hand to pass another check? The idea, the, the fact that it replaces itself is an inherent good to a card it, like that. Yeah,
1: there's, there's a few things wrapped in it, up in it, but people
0: would say it's like deck thinning. Mm-hmm. So it gets you to your other power cards more quickly. Yeah, exactly. If we had a card that was printed that was no XP, no cost, and just allowed you to replace it for something else, that might have a small amount of value, Yes, well, but, but very little. Pot of Greed. <laughs> Do you know what Pot of Greed does? That's a mad magic. No, no. no? There's,
1: there's a there's an ex, a, an extensive joke, centered around Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Oh, Yu? Yes, we've talked about this on the on the podcast oh, a long have we? time ago. Yeah. The, the joke
1: is whenever someone uses Pot of Greed, they always explain what Pot of Greed does. Oh, okay. And it has yeah. a really simple effect. <laughs> uh, when you use Pot of Greed, you draw two cards. So it does nothing but draw you another card. Yeah. So imagine if Easy Mark said, you know, fast, draw two cards. Mm-hmm. that's what it does,
0: yeah, which is almost what bloodright does, yes, it is yeah costs day cards
1: but it's a ve- it's a it's a very good effect where it turns it it's less than what you're suggesting is less than that because it would yeah. just be a card that replaced itself mm-hmm. basically yeah. you're saying a card that reduces your deck size by one
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i'm I'm not saying I really wish I had that card and then we will end up having this discussion that we often end up having like it was the literally nothing else you could find to put in your deck that yeah. is better than this card. <laughs> yeah. Like you've opted for a card that replaces itself. In Arkham, you can at least say, "Well, there's things like icons." And even though we're not going to talk about the Crystallizer of Dreams, yeah, if the Crystallizer of Dreams is giving your events double usage, once to play them and then once to commit them, that in itself is worth thinking about. Yeah, but I think we can both agree that just getting two resources for a card is probably below the curve. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's not great for an experience. Yeah, for two experience, you could be getting three resources in a card with emergency cash two. Yes. So, or also for two experience, you could be paying five to get ten. Yes, well, quite yeah, yeah. yeah in the same faction. So there's other cards that are close to this XP. Or also for payday, you could be getting three, three resources, resources, but only at the end of your turn. Yeah, or many more resources yeah. if you're. So Tony, so I think. The thing about easy mark is it's okay with one, mm-hmm. and it's pretty good with two, yeah. and it's very good with three. We both played it yesterday and managed to trigger the response and yes. play another, and did you draw I, into your third? I got the third one when I played
1: two. Yeah. So okay. I played one, got a card, played the second one, and then got easy mark and then played that. That felt great.
0: So then you're spending one action to draw three cards and get six resources. And that's very good. <laughs> for 1 XP. Yeah. That is great and that then comes to the heart of Myriad to me where, I mean I think one of the curveballs about Myriad in this deluxe is that not all Myriad cards are created equally.
1: Absolutely not, no. We can't just group them together and say then Myriad, they will have something in common. Yeah. What they've got in common is pretty minor.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's sort of like the the skeleton is somewhat similar but the Everything else, the muscles, the tendons, the flesh, the fur, is different. And it makes me think about your Netrunner point about the six per deck cards that all had effects based on if you can get over the three per deck threshold. And you were playing Segment of Onyx, and Segment of Onyx, as we have both talked about, really does very little unless you hit the third. Whereas Easy Mark, it felt like to me, playing one and getting a second felt like good value. So that's four resources and two cards. Yeah. That felt okay, yeah. And in a way, I wouldn't mind then if I saw the other one and it hung around in my hand, or I committed it for icons, yeah. or maybe I loop my deck at that point and get to play another one again. So I didn't feel with Easy Mark, I had to hit all three to be making.
1: Okay, profit. that's 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 sort of the nub of yeah. what I was was wanting to get at. What you thought about that? Uh, I did, I played. I played. I looped my deck in Depths yes, of the Earth. so I. I uh, it's inevitable yeah. in Depths of the Earth. Yeah. Helped by Easy Mark, I think. Yeah. Uh, so so I played. First time through, I got all three at once. Okay. Second time through, I I got a double.
0: Okay. Oh, so the first time when you got all three, you started playing the first easy mark not expecting to play all three. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, yeah. exactly. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd be keen to come back to it. And I think it fits well in some investigators in, in particular, if they're doing some event shenanigans or double-double or things mm-hmm. like that as well. I think there's going to be good homes for it in some investigators. I think... Rogues, which draw a lot of cards, are going to really like it as well. Mm-hmm. So Finn or, or Skids, if they're, back,
0: they're backstabbing. Pick Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're playing all in, you end up with a couple in your hand. Yeah. All in. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And it raised for us, just to probably finish talking about rogues now, Tony raised some of the questions that we've asked many times before on this cast. What's the point in having loads of resources, and what's the point in having loads of actions? Absolutely, yeah. And easy mark, if it gets you six resources, to what end? Are you just using resources for skill boosters? Or yeah. are you paying for things that are much more expensive? And we don't really have an answer. I think we, I think I want to explore that a little bit more. Yeah, then. or whether you run well-connected in
1: Tony. Yeah, make a big pool of,
0: of resources and then... And then he, connected. he's yeah. solid
1: solid solar. really, then at that point.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's just part of it, that as Matt said when we spoke to Matt that rogues have a way to... Well, and as you said, you finish as Preston, I was on 30 resources. It doesn't yes, mean so what yeah. <laughs> but actually, maybe that's the way that you've survived. You've used your cunning and money talks and well-connected. Yeah. Cool.
1: Okay, well, that was an interesting chat on Tony. Who do you want to talk about next? Well, I mentioned segment of Onyx, so should yeah, we, let's should jump we on loop to back round
0: yeah. to, to Mandy?
1: Right. So, do you want me to read her out? Sure. Okay, so Mandy Thompson, the researcher, seeker. She has three willpower, five intellect, one combat and three agility. She is assistant and scholar. Reaction, when an investigator at your location would search their deck or the encounter deck, they may either search three additional cards or resolve one additional target of the search, limit once per round. Elder Sign Effect, plus zero, search the top three cards of your deck for a card and either draw it or commit it to this test if able. Shuffle your deck. So, oh, and six health and eight sanity. Yeah, mm. sorry. thanks for just glaring right. at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my head. That wasn't the glare. Yeah. So I played Mandy.
0: She, she's got what seems like a fairly straightforward ability, right? Mm-hmm. I think the only clarifying needed is targets of the effect. Yes. And that, I got a little bit stuck on that. That's whatever you're looking for you get to look for more of it. Yes. So, old oh, Book of Law, look at the top three cards of your deck, pick one and draw it, shuffle the other two back in. With her, yes. you could look at the top six, or you could look at three and draw two. Yes. What well, I meant by straightforward,
1: not necessarily the wording of it, but <laughs> she's she's direct in terms of what she does. She searches for cards, yeah. right, which is thematic for the researcher. Yes. Uh, should we just do her deck building real yeah, quick as well? It. Because it's... Yeah. it's well, I was going to say it's simple. Actually, it's not. <laughs> so, deck building options: she has seeker cards, level zero to five; neutral cards, zero to five; and up to ten level zero to one events and/or skills of your chosen secondary class.
0: This is sounding familiar. Which yeah. is
1: Mystic, Rogue, or Survivor.
0: She's traded out the Guardian and got in the Mystic. mystic.
1: Yes. The wrinkle is at deck creation, you choose 30, 40, or fifty. And when you build your deck, you have one copy of occult, occult evidence. If you have 30 cards.
0: Okay. Two, if you have 40 cards. And three, if you have 50 cards. So she sort of has a myriad card. Yeah. If you choose to have a 50 card deck. I almost feel like the discussion of whether a 50 card deck is good or bad is something also to save for another day. Yes. Because it's a long episode. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like quite a tricky topic to get into. I've read a couple of quite compelling things online about why it's a dreadful idea. And looking at the numbers, you know, how the percentages change if you've got a, a 1 in 30 chance to a 1 in 50, what, what that actually means in terms of degree of variance and mm-hmm. how big that is, which seems fair enough. But I think the thing that's been untested so far is how potent her searching is. Yes. And whether that can actually counteract a 40 card or a 50 card deck. So if she's so good at searching, then in a way she kind of doesn't mind. But let's talk about occult evidence, because maybe that makes a difference as well.
1: well, What I was going to say is my experience playing her was that... Mm. Mm, Yeah, what
0: size deck did you go for? I went with 40. And what off-class did you go for? I went
1: with survivor. Okay. I think I played one survivor card for the entire Mm. scenario. And I can talk about that in a bit. But I almost got through her entire deck... Over
0: labyrinths and labyrinths is a long scenario. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is a long scenario, but I was further through my deck than a lot of the other players. Yeah, and that was with using some of my uh, searching effects to support my allies rather than myself. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, you reached a point where you weren't actually searching your own deck anymore. You'd got, to... I got all the stuff I needed. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, and I got a, we've talked about segment of Onyx because we got it to preview. Mm-hmm. I managed to get it out twice. And use it, use up the pendant twice over the course of the sorry okay i got segment out six times effectively nice and yeah, I got the, yeah the first out twice. it seemed very early the first a, time i think it was about the first four or five turns okay and then once not far off the end as well i started
0: started picking up the fragments again so uh segment of onyx we've already covered because we yeah. got to announce it We said the proof would be on whether you could find all three parts. Yeah. And obviously we've had a a test case of one. Yes. And you did it very quickly and did it twice in a scenario. And let me tell you, it's good when it gets out. (laughs) It's very good when it gets out. Well, we even had this moment of slight concern that it might break Labyrinths because there's a location where you're not meant to be able to get clues unless you are in there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Other investigators cannot enter that location. And then suddenly the Pendant of the Queen is... Grabbing clues out of the location, which is, yeah, intriguing. So so the Occult Evidence is worth touching on, though. So it's her deck only. You can have one, two, or three, depending on your deck size. It's got a wild icon. It's a zero-cost event. And the ability is shuffle Occult Evidence into your deck, which seems a bit odd, but then it also has a reaction. When you search your deck and Occult Evidence is among the searched cards, reveal it, draw it, and discover one clue at your location – Max one research ability per search. And so this is obviously research and insight. So if you're searching your deck and this comes up, this fires, you get a clue alongside whatever other card you pick. The advantage to stuffing your deck with these is that you're more likely to see one. Yeah. And the odds of seeing three in 50 cards is slightly better than the odds of seeing one in 30. Yes, it is, yes. You're right. (laughs) It's, It's what, one in... Just over 15 versus 1 in 30, which is pretty good. So you're more likely to see it. Obviously, if you see 2 in a search, because it's max 1 research per search, it doesn't do anything, so you only get to trigger 1. You can't kind of see all 3 in one go, get 3 clues, draw all of them. That's not going to happen. It's a slightly odd thing because she's got intellect 5, so getting clues doesn't seem like her weak spot. Yeah,
1: yeah. this absolutely came up when we were playing. that. Mm. Uh, I had quite a few tricks for getting free clues in her and she didn't necessarily need that because an investigator would get, get a clue automatically but this is it uses no actions it, like, it uses an action afterwards <laughs> use Which an action weird. to
0: shuffle it back in yeah. yeah, if you decide you want to
1: so it's a way of banking actions really but, but that ability to get actions uh, get clues without spending actions gave her more actions to use the old book of law to use encyclopedia on her colleagues mm-hmm. and it let her freed her up for some and he put guidance in. Actually, it was on on my mind. The okay. cards to put in uh, freed her up for more more of a support
0: role. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the idea that your No Stone Unturned or Old Book of Law or Mister Rook on top of them fetching a card also get you a clue. Yes. Like, if if she didn't have any signatures, but that became a, a baked in ability that you could have a sort of you know once per game get a clue as you search. Yeah, people would say, wow, that's really strong. Yeah, but, yeah. So this is a way of sort of adding that ability to her, I suppose. How many times did you use the auction to shuffle your occult evidences back in? Twice. Okay.
1: Uh, and I didn't actually end up finding any clues with occult evidence on a search.
0: Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so
1: all the times I, I used other forms of some of auto clues, and all the times I found it in a search... There was no clues to get. But then again, you know, labs is not necessarily a particularly high clue.
0: Mm -hmm. Depends on where you are in the labyrinth and things like that.
1: But can we move on to the next card? Yes, let's. So this is a seeker event with no cost. Okay, not not a cost of zero, a dash. And it has. And not permanent as well. Not permanent. It has an intellect icon and it's astounding revelation. It has the research trait Myriad. Astounding Revelation cannot be played. Reaction. When you search your deck and Astounding Revelation is amongst the searched cards, discard it. Either gain two resources or place one secret on an asset you
0: control. Max one research ability per search. So if you search your deck and see all three occult evidence and all three Astounding Revelation, yeah, one you only get to do <laughs> one of them. Two resources for yes. the card? Yes. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. It's yes, a little bit like does. Easy Mark. <laughs> and... Interestingly, you don't draw this into your hand like occult evidence, so you don't have the icon to dis- to commit if you decide you want to go down the committing route. if you're seeing this in a search and triggering it, the card gets discarded. yes, of course, yes, yeah, yeah that's so, right so that there's a slight subtle difference there depending on which one you pick, and you kind of get it back into your deck, yeah, without cycling the whole thing. yeah if you've drawn it in upkeep, all it's good for is committing for an icon, yeah but you want to see it in a search. How many of these did you see? All of as them. In... <laughs> and, 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 and quite quickly as well. You had Mr. Rook for secrets? I
1: did, but I'd already found them all with Old Book of Law. Okay. And I used them all for the resources. Wow. Okay. So it was really good. <laughs> Just two resources after, as well as a card. So mm-hmm. Old Book of Law becomes an easy mark.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like a repeatable easy mark every turn. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was really, really good. And again, it doesn't use an action to play it, which saves you those actions for other cards, mm. um, other support cards.
0: Yes. Yeah, and
1: yeah, yeah. What I, I, I said this to a few people on the day. What I really yeah. like about it is the, the thematic feeling of the Astounding Revelation. You're looking through your cards, and you're like, "Oh yes, I got it." <laughs> <laughs> you said you yeah. heard me excited yes. quite a few yeah, times. I heard you go, "Yes." <laughs> yeah,
0: as I was walking around, being a TO, I, I'm looking forward to play it. Obviously, I haven't haven't played it yet. I like the idea of it being a way of generating economy that is is baked into what you're meant to be doing as Mandy anyway. Yeah, I imagine it might find a home in Daisy as well. If Daisy's going to be using Old Book of Law, potentially, yes. And if she's doing anything with secrets, which she might be, although worth remembering that secrets and charges aren't the same thing. That's right. It feels very bad to have drawn it. Mm. Which feels like the same thing for occult evidence, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: The worst is drawing occult evidence and then not finding it in a search, because you've spent an action to play, to play a clue-finding card and then not got the clue. Yeah. This is even worse, because all you can do is commit it for a single intellect pip, which, as discussed, when she's got intellect five... It's maybe not that useful.
0: Yeah, you're maybe throwing that to other people's tests that they're trying to get a clue or something like that. The other thing I would touch on, we haven't mentioned her weakness, that's one thing, and we also haven't mentioned how her search ability interacts with other people. So let's talk about her weakness first. This is a blunder and a mystery. It says, Revelation, Shuffle, Shocking, Discovery back into your deck if you cannot discard it and draw the top card of the encounter deck instead. So if you draw this in upkeep, it just gets shuffled back in. Yes. And it also has a forced effect. When you search your deck and this card is among the searched cards, discard it, cancel the search and all of its effects, shuffle the searched deck, draw the top card of the encounter deck. It's like a half overzealous, but combined with also cancelling whatever search has revealed it. Yes. How was dealing with this?
1: It was pretty okay, to be honest. I just used a research librarian to find it. Okay.
0: Um, And then... Yeah, that and was And you done. were doing academic army, so you were planning to bounce the research librarian or oh, you had you already found Old Book of Law, what was the
1: I already found Old Book of Law. And I did use the research librarian later to get a cult lexicon, I believe, and a second I just got a second Old Book of Law to throw into a test. Mm. Being able to control when I triggered it was fine. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Um, You're paying
0: two at that point in an action yeah. to draw an encounter card to get it gone. and,
1: and with a little bit of soak. And actually yeah. the soak worked well because you came over near the end and I hadn't taken any damage over the entire scenario
0: yeah but there was a trail of dead art students (laughs) especially librarians in the labyrinth
1: (laughs) it was good being able to pick when it triggered Mm. um if you don't see something like a research librarian you might be more hesitant to play say a no stone and turn level five Mm -hmm. because you don't want to use a five cost five experience card Mm. to draw an encounter card
0: yeah no, that seems bad Yeah. yeah yeah
1: We did have a discussion about whether
0: I could use on the hunt to make someone else draw two monsters. Because you were playing Roland, who played on the hunt. So this is back to the ability, but luckily Lit. it says they may either search yes. three additional cards or resolve one additional target. Yeah. So you couldn't force him to pick No, two. I couldn't. I, couldn't.
1: I, I did get Skids two illicit cards from Smuggled Goods, though. A Finn. Who did I say? Skids. Skids. Finn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Finn played uh, Smuggled Goods, and we debated whether the extra three or the two targets would be good. That's and nice. the player decided odds were he
0: had enough illicit cards and you got two cards. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah that's really good. I suppose that the thing with Mandy as well about seeing shocking discovery and picking when you see it, if you're already built to search, you can go and target it. It's why people like Mr. Rook, that at a quiet moment they search nine, they want to hit a weakness because yeah. they know they can clear it. The only comparison I can think of is Mark Harrigan drawing into Shellshock. Yeah. But to draw quickly into shell shock, you're probably taking damage, which makes shell shock worse. Yeah. So yeah. You, you sort of don't want to rush into into shell shock in the way that you probably do want to rush into shocking discovery once you're set up.
1: Mister Rook was good as well. And that, seeing as you mentioned Mister Rook, he was mm. good. I used him as a as a find a card now button. We needed to move another character into the right place. Just search twelve cards, mm. find a shortcut, which I did, and play that on the on the character to move them. So. Yeah, that that worked well. I, I was really, really happy with how Mandy went. Yeah. I reckon I would probably go Mystic okay. if I was going to go back. Yeah. Quantum Flux, I think, is a really good card in her. Once you've used those astounding revelations and a few other things,
0: you know, shuffle those all back in. Yeah, okay, I, I can see that being good. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much more to explore, in a way, with her, both that we've seen Old Book of the Law used again. Yeah, yeah. Which seems incredible. And then the fact that she's got Mystic, Rogue or Survivor and the, the directions you can go with them seem so different. I yeah. think it's something about having the, the deck size as well that kind of shakes things up for me. With Tony, it feels like the five sanity means that you know that your off-class needs to protect your sanity yeah. to a certain extent. Whereas with Mandy, you can kind of, kind of pick and choose. I'm not, I don't feel like she's crying out to be a sneak attack or a backstab. No. But maybe you want to run the favours in her and make loads of money out of I've, astounding revelations. Yeah. And, and,
1: and Easy Mark, to be fair. Yeah, you could run Easy Mark, yeah. Because yeah. she can probably find all three much quicker than the other other investigators.
0: Okay, yeah. And then... Yeah, get I, d- I definitely think I, I
1: can see the the favours in her. Okay. Yeah. I'd be interested to mess around with that.
0: And maybe she, you know, we've not really talked about skills as well. There's... All sorts of options there if she wants. Oh, absolutely! To yeah. play, I don't know, take heart. She's got quite a good stat line. Maybe she doesn't want to take heart. Maybe she wants a resourceful and she's recurring luckies or something like that. Yeah, she's got. She's got a very fascinating stat line to me. You know, it's it's pretty robust. So yes, yeah. as long as you're not fighting. As long as you're not fighting. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we look now at Patrice Hathaway? Mm. Let's look at Patrice. Worth noting that obviously we've not played Tommy. And we've not played Luke, so we're we can... probably not going to go into them in too much detail. No, we can, we can
1: save some revelations on those guys when we played them, and I'm sure we'll get around to it at some point.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Can I just touch on one Myriad card in Mystic then? Yeah. Which is worth throwing into the Myriad discussion. So this is open gate. It's Myriad and fast. It's one cost with willpower and agility icons. You can play it only during your turn. You attach it to your location there's a group limit of three in play, so if you're playing with multiple mystics, you, you can't break the game. Investigators may move between any two locations with an attached open gate as if the location uh, locations were connected. So this is uh, a card where when you see the first one, it does nothing because there's no other open gates. If you can see two, you can make a nice connection, and then if you can see three, you can really start manipulating maps. Uh, this falls to me between segment of onyx and easy mark in the myriad scales this is where i kind of want to mention it okay in that i don't think you need to see all three for it to be really effective you
1: definitely want to see two
0: but you definitely want to see two and you definitely want to run all three to make sure you see at least two yeah if you if you only see one in the scenario and you pop it down yeah and then can't find the next one and again this might be something that mandy loves to run because she finds the gates yeah yeah sets that up and we know that Luke can also manipulate them because he can play events at connected locations. So he could position himself to set up gates and let people move around quickly. But yeah, I thought it was just worth mentioning because, again, it's Myriad working slightly differently for Mystics yeah. than it did for... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you want to read Patrice out? Yeah, I'll read Patrice. So Patrice Hathaway is the violinist. She has four willpower, two intellect. 2 combat and 2 agility, so only 10 stat points, she's 2 below. She's a performer and she's cursed. Your maximum hand size is reduced by 3, so only a hand size of 5. During each upkeep phase, instead of drawing one card, discard all non-weakness cards in your hand, and draw until you have 5 cards in hand. Elder Sign Effect plus 1. After this test ends, you may shuffle all but one card from your discard pile into your deck, and she's 7 health and 7 sanity. Wow. So Indeed. <laughs> people who know me
1: know I've been really excited about Patrice and mm-hmm. I've talked about building a deck for her for some time now. And I built a deck and you you, you prepared it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then... brought your player card. This is why I was preparing the deck. Yeah. yeah. And then someone else played it. Yes. <laughs> so someone turned up in an event without even a deck. They just found out about the event and turned up. And because I'd brought both Tony and Patrice, we thought we'd lend them a deck.
1: I've actually just got a notification 11 minutes ago. He posted in the Arkham group.
0: Oh, great.
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward
0: to building the Infinite Cats deck. <laughs> ready for Arkham Knights. Oh, that's good. So she there's a couple more things worth checking out. So let's look at the back of her. She's got a deck size of 42. Yeah. So Which that puts her at 45, 45 cards yeah, rather than 33. She's survivor 0 to 5, mystic 0 to 2, and neutral 0 to 5. And she has her violin watch from another dimension and a random basic weakness. So in terms of the split is just a 5 2, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so she's Agnes's inverse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. No weird stuff about secondary classes, but she is a 45 deck. In yes. Total 42 plus 3. So rather than her decking herself in seven turns, she decks herself <laughs> in, in nine.
1: Well, should I talk about what I built and then you can talk about, because you are on the table with the player who yeah. was playing Patrice you're better qualified to talk about
0: whether it was successful or not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. So,
1: so I, my intention was to, to use a deck that was as flexible as possible. Mm-hmm. It had all of the improv events. Mm-hmm. So that's the yep. improvised weapon, winging it, and impromptu barrier.
0: And that's because every turn you might end up discarding a card. So you may as well discard something you can use from your discard card. Uh, well, yeah,
1: yeah. But I also used cornered, which lets you discard cards from your hand uh, to get a bonus to your stats. Once Cornered is in play, Patrice, her stat line is effectively 6-4-4-4, four, 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 mm. which is really good. Then there were some other cards. I, there was lots of good skill cards in there. There was some Rise to the Occasion. There was Last Chance. There was the Grizzly Totem to benefit from committed cards. There was some Spell cards. There was a couple of Shrivelings, a Wither, yeah, and some six sense. six cents. didn't know what team it was going to be in, mm-hmm. so had just made a pretty all-round deck. I think that's probably the highlights of the deck. Oh, I'd put Miss Doyle in as well there's a new card. Should we, should we look at Miss Doyle
0: quickly? Yeah, let's look at Miss Doyle.
1: So Miss Doyle, Cat General of Ulthar, and she is a three-cost, one experience asset with a wild pip, and she uses the ally slot. Ally, creature, dreamlands, limit one per deck. Forced, after Miss Doyle enters play, search your bonded cards for Hope, Zeal, and Auger. Randomly choose one to put into play and shuffle the other two into your deck. When Miss Doyle leaves play, find each of those assets, even if they are out of play, and remove them from the game. And she has two health and two sanity. Should I read the rest of the cats?
0: Please do, yeah, if you're happy reading them.
1: Well, I won't read them all, because they all do almost exactly the same thing. Uh, But let's look at... which one did Matt say was his favourite? Was it Zeal?
0: Zeal came in first.
1: Yes, because Zeal looks like his cat's.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Okay,
1: Okay, so this is Zeal, a unique asset, one cost. Allied creature Dreamlands again. Bonded, Miss Doyle, fast. Forced, after Zeal enters play, discard Hope and Augur. So you can only ever have one of the three cats in play at a time. Action, if Zeal is ready, exhaust or discard her. Fight. Fight with a base combat value of five. If you discarded Zeal, this test is automatically successful. Then you may shuffle Zeal into your deck to put Hope or Augur into play from your discard pile. So you can effectively cycle these cats around. Mm -hmm. Infinite cats.
0: Yeah. Quantum cats.
1: Quantum cats. And the other two cats, just for what it's worth. So Augur is the same except it's an Investigate action and Hope is the same except it's an Evade action.
0: Mm -hmm. Worth noting, and I think this is important, when you put one into play randomly, the other two are in your deck. Yes. So that ability to auto-succeed and put one into play from your discard pile doesn't work now for the first one. So you need to end up with at least one in your discard pile if you want to start the cycling. I'm doing fingers <laughs> in a circle Finger in cycling. front of Peter.
1: Luckily, yeah. Patrice has lots of ways to do that.
0: Yeah, so Patrice is a really good example of where she might draw into one, use it for cornered, or just use it for its icons. Yeah, because or, she's got or her violin. Play or her violin. And then then you're in the really nice position where you're maybe investigating at five. But if you just need that clue, you can then switch into something else. And actually what the player did was he had Zeal waiting to deal with Patrice's weakness and auto-succeeded dealing with his weakness to then put Augur into play and use that for investigation once a turn. So that felt really nice that he'd lucked into Zeal as his first cat. And then once he knew the enemy was dealt with, he then wanted to go back to investigating and could move it around.
1: So the the other cats were used repeatedly for investigations, not for the auto success.
0: Yes. So he then was, I think, once a turn tapping Auger. Yeah. Just investigating at five, committing a card or using corner to be at six or seven, sort of on side. Yeah. B- because it's once per turn because it's a, an exhaust which was quite nice it would have been great if hope was ready when yig turned up (laughs) because that's when things got really sticky but it reminded me a little bit of that rogue style of what you described with preston where you can do one thing well a turn yeah and certainly with patrice depending on what ends up in your hand you can normally always find a card to commit but whether or not you can really smash a test remains to be seen if you can and put everything into willpower. You can maybe do consistently do three shrivelings in a turn or six cents. But yeah. often it seemed like normally you're using three or four of your cards in a turn and maybe discarding one. Yeah. And most of those are committed cards. So sometimes you have leftover cards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the player playing Patrice had Patrice's violin in his opening hand.
1: Which was fantastic.
0: Two cost asset, willpower agility and wild icons it's her deck only, it's item and instrument traded, and it takes up a hand slot and it has a free trigger, choose and discard a card from your hand and exhaust the violin, choose an investigator at your location to either gain one resource or draw one card. So knowing that you've used the cards you want to use for that turn and you've got leftovers, you can convert those into more cards or resources. For Patrice herself, you might find you might start a turn and go. I really can't use this card, and I just need icons. So you use it to sort of filter your hand. Yeah, like Easy Mark in a weird way, but actionlessly. <laughs> but also, what happened is once Patrice was set up, she was just feeding cards and resources to the other people in the team, and that was really strong. So yeah. she went into like a really nice support role.
1: It looked like that. It, you, you you said particularly that it just felt like she was able to do. She kept on winging it for clues. Yeah. Kept on giving people resources and clues. You even said, because uh, stargazing was in the deck, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. And then the stars are right, crops up. Uh, so she's she's a real, like, she was... I kept on wanting to say like a bard. Yeah, it is like that. It is. She There's a
0: bit of everything. Yeah. And also supports other characters. And she has a big enough deck that she can be a bit of everything without being spread too thinly. Yeah. And because she's over-committing to tests, she can turn her hand to almost anything because she's got enough cards that she can kind of do that. Almost every card is to be committed anyway. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned last chance because that's a card I really want to like, but it yeah. really plays counter to how you should really keep hold of the cards in hand and try and yeah. pick and choose what you do. <laughs> and in Patrice, you can chuck a card to the violin and get a resource or whatever it is. Chuck a couple of cards to your first test and suddenly last chance is really powerful. Yeah. And you can do that very easily. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. Um, And her weakness? Yeah, well, should we have a quick look at this? It's it's an odd one. Uh, Watcher from another dimension. Weakness is five fight, two health and five evade. Mm -hmm. Uh, Huge. Yes, chunky. Monster, extra dimensional. Peril, hidden and hunter. Revelation, secretly add this enemy to your hand. You may fight or evade this enemy while it is in your hand, as if it were at your location. If you succeed, discard it from your hand. If you fail, spawn it, engage with you. When your deck runs out of cards, if this enemy is in your hand, it attacks you from your hand, and it does three health damage. Mm. And Patrice does have seven and seven health Mm. and sanity, but still, you don't want to be taking three damage. (laughs) You also don't really want to engage with you.
0: No, the only advantage of it being engaged with you is that other people could help you. Yes, <laughs> but other than that, it's fairly terrifying.
1: But I think to me, you've got several options for auto evades mm-hmm. and auto succeeds in other areas in this deck. Yeah, right. So you can you've got you could use shriveling or, or wither at a high, a relatively high value, mm-hmm. or you can use one of the cats. I even put two stray cats in the deck. Yeah, to help with this as well. Uh, and once it's dealt with, that's it gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Until you loop your deck. Until yeah. you loop your deck. The the worst possible situation is that you draw this just before your hand is about to empty, because you can actually have this sitting in your hand for quite a long time and it doesn't affect you. It's it's slightly different from other base uh, from other signature weakness enemies that it doesn't kind of ruin your day. I'm thinking about the hound in you oh, yeah, yeah like if you draw yeah, the hound at on. the wrong time you're just stuck yeah uh, unless you're like definitely prepared to deal with it whereas this can be in your hand other players will know it's in your hand because you're keeping one card but you wait for that time to either auto evade or or maybe even you know i can see maybe attacking this last action and failing it doesn't have retaliate and then it will spawn in front of me and then the fighter can one shot it or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. Know. It's it, although
1: it's it's hard to hit. It doesn't have much health. Yeah. So a It'll couple go down of bean or, yeah. or a small favor or something like that will take it out.
0: Yeah. It's not elite or anything like that. It's easy to take down. A sneak attack. <laughs> you could sneak attack the yeah, watcher yeah, from another dimension. <laughs> Someone can evade sneak attack too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so That's really nice. I thought I I loved watching Patrice Hathaway play. And as you've already mentioned, we played Marvel Champions in the morning. And that idea of always refilling your hand, which happens in Marvel Champions, I just really loved watching in Patrice. The person who was playing Patrice, I'd say, right, it's upkeep. Everyone draws a card and gets a resource, and then he said, mm, uh, "That's not for me, though." Sort of <laughs> <laughs> drew a bunch of cards, and I think really enjoyed that he was doing something slightly different and, and was getting curious looks from the other players. Uh, you mentioned stargazing. That card was previewed by the Mythos Busters. I just want to mention that it's really fun having a prediction made that something good is going to happen, <laughs> and then sitting waiting for that to, soon. Soon, to, Must yeah, be. Next must turn.
1: <laughs> yeah, should we talk briefly about the other survivor card?
0: Yeah, let's do it. So this is Fortuitous Such- Discovery. Go on. Sorry. I'll say that in a minute. It's an X-cost event. It's fortune and insight traded. It's myriad. And it says X is the number of other copies of fortuitous discovery in your discard pile. So when you first play this and you've not got one in your discard pile, it's zero, and then it could be one or two. Investigate, you get plus X intellect for this investigation. If you succeed, discover X additional clues at your location. Pay zero, plus zero intellect, you only get one clue. Yep. Pay one, you get plus one intellect, and you end up with two clues. And then the final option, if you've reached the third one, is pay two, you get plus two intellect, and you get three clues.
1: Yeah, it, it's a kind of a deduction, right? Yeah. But it's not a de- an, It is a deduction and a deduction too. Yeah. But not until you've played the first one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it, but I, I'm keen to play it. I think the benefit... It's got no icons. Yeah. So I think in Patrice... You can potentially use cornered or her violin to throw the first one away. Yeah. And then that that boosts the power of
0: the other two. You could do the same in Wendy. You could throw one away for a token redraw, or in Ashcan, you could use it to ready. You could find survivors have ways of putting cards in their bin. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, like it feeds into the whole conversation we're having about Myriad. Not great with one okay with two. Yeah. And this is another, a a bit like Open Gate where you really want to see three to really see the benefit. Yeah. Could this feed into a way of survivors really pulling their weight, getting clues? Potentially, yeah. It's a nice way of them getting extra clues that isn't just a deduction, that they get more clues sort of in the basic way. And maybe Min likes it.
1: Yeah, I think Min was the... the, I was looking at Insight as well. Maybe it rivals... Some auto clue cards in seeker, Mm. you know, especially if it's in min.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's all the survivors, and that leaves us with guardians. Neither of us have played Tommy. No. So we're not going to talk about Tommy in too much detail. Like Luke. Sorry for guardian fans out there. I did actually spot. I didn't spot the hungering blade in action, but I did spot next to someone's deck three copies of bloodlust (laughs) labyrinths. It was a Zoe deck. And I was waiting to see if The Hungering Blade got into play. But given that it's limit one per deck, it didn't. So I think we'll suspend judgment on that for a bit. Yeah, I'm fine with that and with Tommy, I would say. But let's mention Solemn Vow, which is also feeding into our Myriad discussion.
1: Yes. Actually, I quite like this one. Mm. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. It's a zero-cost asset, Solemn Vow. It has two willpower icons. Mm -hmm. A big part of why why I like it. It has Spirit, Myriad, Fast... Play Solemn Vow under the control of another Investigator at your location. Free action. If the owner of Solemn Vow is at your location, exhaust Solemn Vow. Move one damage or horror from a card you control to a card that Investigator controls.
0: In case we weren't confident on our ownership and control rules, this is really challenging (laughs) us on them. So I'm playing Calvin, because he can take spirit cards. Yes. And you're playing... Daisy. Yes. I put a Solemn Vow for zero cost fast in front of you. You now control it, but I still own it. Yes. And if I happen to be at your location, you can exhaust Solemn Vow and move damage or horror from a card you control, which includes your investigator card, to a card I control, which includes my investigator card.
1: So I could move a horror off my Holy Rosary onto your copy of Pete Sylvester for example and then he would heal after
0: the end of your turn i could be panicking that i don't have enough damage on me to land a hit with my (laughs) fire axe yeah and you could just move a damage off you you've only got five health as daisy and we could put it straight on calvin and boost his stats similarly we know that tommy likes to take damage absolutely yes and maybe he actually wants to generate some resources he wants to destroy a keepsake or a leather coat because he gets resources for the damage and horror on them. At that point, he wants other people to have taken a solemn vow yeah, and to move the damage or horror over. So why is it Myriad? Well, there's if you're playing four player, there's three
1: other players. Mm-hmm. So you could put one for every other player. I think maybe... Is that it? Do you think? The
0: only other thing I can think of is that you could give three to one player and they could tap all three and move three damage or horror because it's limited... Yep. One per move. It's yes. move one damage or horror from a card you control. So if you were desperately trying to keep someone alive, yeah, you could like shovel large amounts of damage and horror around. But that's the only options I can see. And if this was a two of, I think it would still be okay. Good. Yeah. Like, like it's only the theme that you get the solemn vow that you've made to all of your team. Yeah, yeah. That you give it, give it out.
1: I like the two, the two icons as well. I think are really good. <laughs> I also like the idea of, say, Mark and Tommy, or Mark and Calvin, trading... solemn vows to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's And there's nice. ping damage and horror back and forth between them. <laughs> I've taken too much. Who <laughs> takes them off me? It yeah. could even work in someone like Carolyn, I think. Mm-hmm. If she's healing her own assets.
0: Yeah. And, and then she wants to take horror off pe- other people, potentially. Yeah. You really? can do some quite cheeky things, I think, then, with toggling if you're low or high health or sanity yes. with it. you know, uh, I got defeated in Depths of Yoth through sanity on Tony, Yeah. and I didn't really have anything I could do about it unless I could find an enemy to kill and play if it bleeds. So, you know, having someone else put this in front of me so I could pass my sanity away yeah. would have been nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we've asked people if they want us to talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. A common response has been to look at the weaknesses. Yes. Because the weaknesses are all weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all multiplayer-only weaknesses.
0: Yeah, and that's clarified in the rules. It says you have to be playing multiplayer to use them. Yes. <laughs> can't so use it's, them in so late. It's a
1: bit like we've had some campaign-only weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and now we've got multiplayer-only weaknesses. So we've got Your Worst Nightmare, Narcolepsy, Kleptomania, and Self-Centered. Should we go through these one at a time? Mm-hmm. Which do you want to start with? Well, let's start at this end. This, that's the end with Worst Nightmare on. Right, this is a two-fight, three-health, two-evade monster, and it has hunter, prey, bearer only. Mm-hmm. The bearer of your worst nightmare cannot attack, damage, or defeat it. And it's two-horror, it deals. Okay. So I drew this in the first few turns as Mandy.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, turns out my worst nightmare can be
0: defeated by Calvin and a Fire Axe. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So you can evade it. That's almost the yes. only thing you can do as the owner of it. Yes, that's true, yes. But you can't attack it, so you can't activate fights. You can't damage it, so even like, oh, I'll just, you know, I've got a planet or whatever it is to get rid of it. not yep. going to work.
1: And you can't defeat it. So once, was it Monster Hunter, Monster Slayer?
0: Oh, yeah, if you do an attack and defeat that enemy. Doesn't it doesn't work. doesn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> If someone was planning on teching in Monster Slayer... <laughs> To use for that. No. So the, okay.
1: the common theme across all of these is that they're going to be rough if you're stuck at a location, or mm-hmm. away from other players. So like the circle and done starts, like someone in the in the tank. Yes. Yeah. yeah in lab spoilers. Lab. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll I'll read self-centered. Yeah. Text. Yeah. So this is a flaw. It's uh, treachery. Multiplayer only. Revelation. Put it into play in your threat area. You cannot commit cards to other investigators' skill tests, or affect other investigators with player card effects, like, say, you play a stand together, and you each get to draw two cards and gain two resources, except aspects that cause damage or horror. (laughs) (laughs) So, that means you could still pull a special token with Storm Spirits and damage everyone at your location. Yep. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it has a double action, discard self-centered, which... Other people could do because it'll be in your threat area. Yes, so yeah. they could sort of shake you out of it. The art, by the way, on this card is incredible. Yes. as a way <laughs> of conjuring up self-centeredness, it raises quite and yeah, quite an interesting point for me about how much one commits cards to other investigators' skill tests generally.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and maybe that's a topic for another day. It depends <laughs> entirely on play groups.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I found it really interesting that it was. <laughs> It was one of the most thematic weaknesses I've seen because everyone instantly starts acting more self-centered when they get it, and they can't help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it would it would not make much of it. And you you switch off when everyone starts talking about if someone needs help passing a test. Mm, so okay, you want help me? I'm, I'm I'm in a situation. Where you're like, well,
0: oh, I'll sit back,
1: yeah, cross my arms. I'm not going to help.
0: Yeah, I'll just go get a beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested. <laughs> Absolutely. It reminds me of that early Labyrinth event with the players who all turned up who were used to playing solo and they built four self-sufficient decks. Yes, yes. Like if they'd all had self-centered, I think they wouldn't have minded because <laughs> if you're comfortable with what you're doing and you sometimes see that, like particularly at events, actually, people have built their deck to be an engine. And then you have to encourage them to, you know, different players have different flows for committing cards or not. Or even the way that watching people play Labyrinths, some people played the whole game with a lot of cards in hand, and other people emptied their hands very quickly and then aren't really team players at that point. Yeah. It's just kind of the function of how one plays.
1: Okay, narcolepsy. Mm. Uh, This is a a basic weakness and madness, multiplayer only again. Revelation put narcolepsy. Uh, in play in your threat area you cannot take actions trigger abilities or play cards action wake up discard narcolepsy forced after you take damage or horror discard narcolepsy so in terms of number of actions to get rid of it this is one of the mildest weaknesses we've seen mm-hmm. a single action but someone else has, has to, to take to it take the action
0: so let's hope you're not with a self-centered in <laughs> <laughs> there's a little there's a little bit of of cognitive dissonance as well because it says you cannot take actions and then on the next line it says action wake up yes and when i first read it i was like oh it's just one action to clear this is great yeah and then I had to go back and go but i can't take actions it's a nice reminder of the rule that you exactly, can interact yes with cards and other people which status. a lot of people
1: still still don't know it's a subtlety in the rules actually mm. which, yeah uh, it's, it's nice to have this reinforcing that
0: I thought the way that I heard someone explain it at the weekend, which I thought I'll use in the future, was they said, oh, I'll clear that weakness for you. And someone said, oh, can you do that? I said, yeah, I can attack enemies in front of you. And I can also ah, clear weaknesses in front of you. Interesting. Okay. And that idea of that it's at the same location so I can in- engage with it. Yeah, yeah. I thought was quite a nice way of painting a little mental picture. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. think I'll use that as well. This killed Patrice. It in did the it? Of no, how? Patrice tried to evade Yig, yeah. committed a take heart, with the plan being to draw two more cards that would then help the next evade. Yeah. And one of the cards was oh, Narcolepsy, no. see, which meant Patrice just fell asleep in front of Yig, Yig. Front and couldn't Yig. leave, and Yig then killed her. Oh no, that's horrendous. <laughs> the other investigators were all dead by that. She, she was the she, last she, one standing. She gets standing. woken up when Yig hits her, at least. She just, I, think, I imagine she just drifted into a nice <laughs> sleep. Off into the dreamlands to play with yeah. the cats. I like that you could draw this in upkeep and then fail a treachery that gives you damage or horror the following round and immediately discard this because after you take damage or horror, you discard it and not yeah. even cost an action. Yeah. I was thinking you could get around it by tapping Forbidden Knowledge, no, but you no, can't trigger abilities exactly, or play yeah. cards. You can still commit cards while you're asleep as well, which is also a bit weird. Or yeah. is committing card triggering ability? No, it's not. No, well, we, we I guess what what is committing a card thematically to a test giving up inspiration yeah
1: yeah so maybe someone else still... taking inspiration from from what inspires you i guess <laughs> from you sleeping yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're really
0: inspiring me here okay and the last one is kleptomania this is a a null costed asset and it's a madness and a talent so i love this because this we did a whole episode on talents Oh yeah, we did, It's like a reminder that assets are more than just physical things. They can be your aptitudes and your proficiencies. Multiplayer only, revelation, put it into play in your play area. Action, take control of an item asset or two resources from another investigator at your location. Then shuffle kleptomania into your deck. Mm -hmm. And then there's a forced effect at the end of your turn, take one horror. This is maybe the nastiest of the four, in that if you don't deal with it or respond to it... You can start, just horroring out very quickly. Potentially, this could kill you in a turn if you don't have someone to steal from, or you're separated from your group, yeah. and you're, you're nearly horrored out. Yeah, yeah. Also, an action to take two resources off someone is fairly light in the cost term.
1: Especially if you consider it as an action to gain two resources.
0: Mm, you've gained them, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. not discard two resources for <laughs> another investigator. Yeah. Uh,
1: so it's you know it, it's it's an action that does nothing. Over the over the table, but imagine if your teammate was Preston.
0: Yeah, he doesn't mind.
1: Yeah, just taken straight out of his inheritance. What if he was poor Preston? Though? Well, yes, it's an issue. He wouldn't have <laughs> it. You're like, Please, Ta- Preston, take can his, his fire axe instead. out your resources. Yeah. Yeah, this it's a it's a it's, it, it could be really nasty if you decide to use it to screw over your teammates. If mm. Grafina get Grafina gets this, <laughs> you're in for a world of trouble.
0: Yeah she she sort of wants all of these because yes. she can then they're all someone else's problem more <laughs> or less <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, the she... other thing i can see with Kleptomania is if you're having a rough scenario and people have been struggling to get things in play or you know an item's been discarded or something like that having this added cost that one of you needs to manipulate the board because there's no action at the moment to give items back apart from if you're using teamwork no or so if, they have
1: if, kleptomania as well
0: <laughs> double kleptomania would be nice yeah so the only if i end up if the only item in play is your old book of law yes and you're broke, and I can't take the horror. Yes. Suddenly, the Mandy player doesn't have their old Book of lore in play, yeah. and the Tony player, who doesn't need it... He's is just sitting, sitting there with this book, yeah. he doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was worth it. And it shuffles back into your deck when you do that. Yeah, so it does. it's not, not an easy-to-get-rid-of weakness. Well, is there anything else you want to say about the events? I had a really great time doing them. Yes. It was really fun to do. One thing that... I think you highlighted to me was that there were new players arriving at these events as well as seasoned pros. And that made me feel really positive about the health of the great game. Yeah. That people still wanted to try this out. It wasn't that we'd sort of built a community two years ago that we were then desperate to keep sustaining. Yeah. was new people coming in who wanted to try the game. On your table, you had someone playing Labyrinths played one... Game. Yeah. One one attempt at the gathering before. Yeah. And had come along, and yeah. then also someone who'd played Dunwich once.
1: Yes, yeah, and then Glynn, who was playing Calvin, <laughs> and Glynn who was playing nice one. Glynn that was really cool, and got up to eight
0: damage at one point. He
1: was he, Calvin was on fire. It was amazing to watch Calvin. And you've played with Glynn, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't give. He's he was so relaxed. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was on as much damage as he was because if it was me, I'd be screaming. Like, someone <laughs> help me! I'm going to die. That's but he was just like, oh, yeah, thing. this will work.
0: just ax, ax, ax this big <laughs> the, the, the dog on fire. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything's yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's really good.
1: Yeah, I, I'll repeat that. There was quite a few people who'd come having never played with the people before, not having a group, only having a little bit of experience, together with people who've got a lot of experience, and mm. everyone seemed to have a really good time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. And um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about the events? I don't think so, No, no. Cool. There was a lot of attitude. Um, there was a lot of appetite. A- atti- attitude. There's a lot of attitude. You get I got. some back chat. <laughs> no. There's a lot of appetite for new scenarios. Yes. But we just, my position is to wait until something like the blob is out. Yeah. Because what I'll say, what I said to people, I would hate to put on an event, only have three copies of the blob and have to gate it to 12 players. Yeah. And I'd much rather do a blob event where we can go big and do. 13 players. Yeah. 13 plus. So, yeah, so that's how I feel about that. And I'm sure that will be coming to shops at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Gr- great. Well, let us know your thoughts about the Dream Eaters. Is it a deluxe that's completely thrown away the rule book of how deluxes should work? What do you think about Myriad? More to be discovered there. We probably need to think a bit more about Bonded as well, because there's a bunch of Bonded we yeah, not yeah. looked into. And let us know about Tommy, if you've played Tommy or Luke, because we're both excited to try those two. Yeah. Um, You can email us, drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. We're drawn to the flame on Patreon. Shout out to all our patrons. Thank you very much. We're also on Design by Humans. If you want a t-shirt or a mug, Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'll be on Twitter and on Reddit a little bit and on Discord, so say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as F
0: B. That's E P H underscore B-E-E. And if you can't get enough of my voice, I've just been on <laughs> Call of Discovery podcast, which is a Keyforge podcast. It's a fairly new podcast and it has a really nice format. Uh, guests go on for two episodes and one episode they talk about a topic and then the second episode they bring one of their decks and they talk about why they like that deck and what makes it unique which is good really because every deck in keyforge is unique so Yeah. yeah so i've been on it so i'm episodes five and six are me fantastic thank you very much thank you very much for listening bye Trests. Great. <laughs> Are
1: you
0: looking at the plane? Yeah, right? I am yeah. looking at the plane. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine you how was, live was, play recording is. Yeah. But the mic doesn't pick up all of this stuff. That's the, the right, like okay. weird thing about it. And then <laughs> It's another bus. <laughs> no, it's like a van on a lorry. <laughs> You could do the same in Wendy, throw one away for a redraw. (laughs) I was looking, is it raining? Yeah.